0: talking about fair weather friends. And I'm certainly not talking about your Facebook friends. You got 3,000 Facebook friends. You don't even know who 2,000 of them are. I'm not talking, I'm talking about real friends. So here, the best way you can tell if you're really experiencing biblical community, ask yourself this question. Are you ready? How often during the week do I get together with people or hang out with people with a spiritual purpose in mind? Not talking about Sunday. Talking about the rest of the week, how often do I get together with spiritual people or hang out with spiritual people with a spiritual purpose in mind? See, because can I be as bold as to say to you that if your answer is simply Sunday morning from 11 to 1, that is not enough. That's not enough. You work 40 plus hours a week, you go to school with people all week long. And most of the people on your job or at school may be non-believers. You're at home with family members for many other hours during the week. So I want you to put it in context. Do you really think 90 minutes a week feeding your spiritual life on Sunday morning with other believers is enough? Thank you. You need to be with God's people, being fed and also feeding others if you're going to live a spiritually fulfilling life. See, because if you're looking for a Sunday morning only church, then I'm just going to be honest with you. This church is going to disappoint you because as the shepherd of this flock, I not only want to see you survive spiritually, I want to see you thrive spiritually. Amen? I want to see you thrive relationally. And I'm never going to be quiet about it. Because even after pastoring for almost 24 years, I've learned I cannot make people live in community. I stopped. I don't force people to, to try to live in community anymore. I can only remind you of why you need it, and I can try to help create opportunities for you to develop it in your life. But it's up to you. See, because we're physical beings, so we need to take care of ourselves physically. We're mental beings, so we need to sharpen ourselves mentally. But we're also spiritual beings, so it stands to reason that we should take care of ourselves spiritually. So, how are we trying to build community at Life Church? Well, Sunday mornings are great for experiencing worship and for hearing the Word of God, but unless you hang around and talk and fellowship, not much community happens on Sunday morning, right? Or unless you're on a dream team where you're serving alongside other people. So, let me be clear I've already said it, but Sunday mornings are not enough. Community happens intentionally and with other people when we do life together. Now, God wants your life. To be interwoven with the joys and fulfillment that comes from being in a community with other believers. Community is not an option if you want to be a healthy believer and attend a healthy church because God never meant for you to go it alone in the Christian life. So what do we do to most effectively connect outside of Sundays? I'm going to give you just a few things and then we'll be done. First of all, let me give you the public habit of connect. Are you ready? And this is not a complicated one either join a life group. Join a life group. Join a life group. Weekend church services start our week out powerfully, but there's a way to accelerate that. There's a way to deepen that. Connecting takes place. uh, uh, It happens in a crowd when we're gathering, and it translates, though, into friendships and relationships when we do life together. Now, This is also how the majority of care happens in this church. Now, every church does it different, but I want you to know, in this church, the majority of care takes place through groups and through dream teams. I cannot personally pastor every person's needs in our church. Can't do it. Amen? But every person in our church deserves care, and they deserve the care that a relationship can provide. We are committed as a church to not only growing larger, but we want to get smaller as we grow larger. And the way you do that is through life groups and through serving on a dream team, which I'm going to talk about that next week. Life groups, our life groups are small groups that meet throughout the week. Our groups are free market groups. That means we do groups around just about anything. They're not just Bible study groups. There's book discussions. There's sports groups. There's men's groups. There's women's groups, marriage groups, financial groups, prayer groups, community outreach groups, you name it. If you've got an interest in it, you can either join it or you can create it. You can create the group. We offer three different semesters of groups so you never get bored with the same group or can I just say it, with the same people. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Yeah, some you don't want to hang out with the same people all year long. Some people you do, but some people you don't. That's the great thing about semesters. You can join another group and you can connect to some other people, amen? You see, we grow in rows on Sundays, but we grow in circles in our life groups. We grow in circles throughout the week. Groups provide the circles. Groups are a place to be accepted, to be known, to be heard, to be prayed for, to be encouraged. And they're for everybody. Whether you're new in your faith or whether you were around when Moses got the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter. You may not even be a Christian and you can find a group that will interest you. Life is better when we do it together. So, The public habit of connect is to join a life group. Here's the personal habit. Are you ready? It's real complicated. Participate. (laughs) I told you I'm going to try to make these as simple as possible. Join a group, and the private habit is participate. Pick a group that you like at a time that works for you and participate in it. See, because joining a group is great, but it doesn't do much if you're not actively a part of it. Gathering on the weekends is how we experience and know God. Connecting throughout the week is how we find freedom in our lives and we grow as disciples. Now, why are small groups so vital to your life as a believer? I'm going to give you a few reasons here real quick. First of all, being in a small group, a life group, helps you feel like you're part of God's family. Most people who have been part of a group say the greatest benefit is the relationships and the friendships that develop in that group. You're going to discover that your needs and your problems are not unique. We are all in the same boat. It helps to know that other people are facing the same difficulties or have lived through them and have learned how to cope in the process. Small groups provide a place to find out where you belong, to get to know your brothers and sisters, and to get to know your Heavenly Father in a different way. We really do need each other. Amen. If you're lonely, the answer to your problem is to join a group. It is not God's will for me, any member of the church to feel disconnected. Amen? You need to belong. Belonging is the difference between dating and getting married. Amen? I share with a lot of people, but I belong to my wife who's upstairs teaching the children. It's the first Sunday of the month. And she belongs to me, and we don't belong to anybody else. Amen? Belonging is the difference between being an attender of a church And a member of a church, belonging. It's the difference between being a spectator and being a participator. Belonging is the difference between being an outsider watching stuff happen and being an insider and helping to make stuff happen. Amen? You might be a believer, but I got a question. Are you a belonger? You might be a believer, but do you belong? Do you belong to other people? Do you belong to a group? A small group helps you feel like you belong in God's family. Here's another benefit of life groups. Life groups help to develop genuine relationships. John chapter 13, verse 34. Notice what it says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one. One another. I like what Michelle said, and I like what I think it was Sarah that said. Yeah, we could could write a check and send it to the Dominican Republic, but you know what? When you show up in the flesh and you start digging a septic tank and you start installing a, a, a water filter in a house, and when you teach somebody's kids the gospel, guess what? You are showing love. Amen. Can I just tell you it's sometimes it's a lot easier just to give money to something that actually puts some skin in the game. But you are showing love and it helps to build genuine relationships. All love starts with sharing. Sharing conversations, sharing meals, sharing ideas. And the more you share with somebody, the more you grow to love them. And in a life group, a small group, it will enable you to better know one another's needs, to know what to pray about, to know how to be an encouragement, and to know what's going on in each other's lives. Because you don't have time to do that today. You don't have time to come up here and everybody get in line and share with me, and me share with you, and you. Sh- you don't have time to do that. There's too many people in this room. But in a small group setting, you can do that. You can. Get to build genuine relationships. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4 says this. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Guys, there's, that's some good biblical sound advice right there. Don't just look out for your own interest. Take an interest in other people as well. You want to know why some people don't have any friends? Because it's all about them. Me, me, me. Nobody wants to be around a me, me, me person all the time. Amen. You tell me everything that's going on in your life, but I'd like you to take a breath at some point and ask me how my life is going. Amen. Don't just look out for your own interests; Take an interest in other people as well. And if you want to connect with people, start with their needs, not your own. Start with their hurts, not your own. Start with what they want. Not what you want. This is just good relationship advice right here. There's an old Chinese saying that says this. It says, seek to understand before seeking to be understood. See, the Bible puts it the same way. you got to be thoughtful of others first and not worry about people so much understanding you. You try to understand them first, and trust me, they will love you enough. They will want to know what's going on in your life. Amen? Because there's two basic truths about life. First of all, the world does not revolve around you or me. Amen. I know that's shocking. (laughs) Yes, you're special in God's eyes. Yes, you were created for a purpose, but the world does not revolve around you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be talking to you. (laughs) I can assure you I'm talking to myself. So that's the first truth. The world doesn't revolve around you. But here's the second basic truth. God has promised that when you focus on other people's needs, he's going to take care of your needs. He will. And if you want your needs to be met, start meeting the needs of other people. Why? Because God wants you and I to learn to be unselfish. He wants you to learn to be loving and generous like he is. In a life group, you'll have someone with whom to share your hopes, your dreams, and also your hurts and your pains. Involvement in a small group is one of the ways you can help keep yourself from burning out as a believer. You can't build relationships without spending time with people. Amen? And if you're going to have a strong marriage, you got to do what? Spend time together. If you're going to have strong friendships, you got to spend time together. If you want to be a strong Christian, you've got to share and spend time with other Christians. You build a friendship, you build a marriage, you build a relationship by spending time with others. Some people say, I'm just too busy for a small group. Well, if you're a believer, then you're just too busy. You need to change some things in your life. If you're too busy to learn how to love other people, then you're too busy. If you're too busy to share your life with others and let them share your life with you, you need to change some things so that you can reprioritize some things in your life. Number three, the third reason life groups are so important is they help the church stay small. They help the church stay small. Wouldn't you love to be a part of a large church with a small church feeling? Amen. You can, if that church has small groups. And as the church continues to grow, we don't want to just lose the small church family feeling that we have. I remember when this church was so small that we could all fit in those two bathrooms. I I really do, I can remember. I can remember that we would sometimes go out to eat after church and we would all go to the same restaurant and not only did you not well, you wondered if somebody missed church, you wondered why they didn't come to the restaurant with you. Hey, we're so and so. They were at church. I thought they were going to come with us to Hardy's tonight. We used to we used to hit Hardy's every Wednesday night and we would shut that place down. Amen. You do that in a small church. You know everybody. You know everybody's business. You know. You know everything is going. On. There's some advantages of small church, and then there's some disadvantages too, right? But you know, small groups help a church stay small because you can know people. You can know what's going on in their lives. You can know their names. You can know how they're doing in school. You can know what's going on in their kids' lives. It makes a difference. Small groups allow us to grow without limits, but to enjoy the benefits and the kingdom impact that a large church can have. But with groups, we can always remain intimate, like a small church. we got to think small to grow big. Amen? Here's another benefit to life groups, and I'm almost done. They help provide care for people. They help provide care for people. In a group, you're able to listen to each other's needs. You're able to listen to and care for others. You're able to pray for them. There's not much of an opportunity to share in fellowship during a Sunday gathering because small groups, if they're all about relationships, connecting and sharing, and most of the care in our church is provided through small groups. Can I tell you that 90% of pastoral care is not complicated? It's just listening to somebody, loving them, and praying for them. It's true. That's done in the body of Christ, by the body of Christ, for the body of Christ. Every member ministering to one another. Uh, Leo Biscaglia was an author, and he once talked about a contest that he was invited to judge. True story. The purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child, and there were submissions that were uh, entered into this contest. And the winner was a four-year-old boy whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had just lost his wife. The four-year-old boy saw the old man sitting on the porch crying, and the little boy went up there into the yard, and he climbed on the old man's lap, and he just sat there. So his mother watched him for a while, and finally she asked him, said, what did you say to our neighbor? He said, nothing. He said, I just helped him cry. I just helped him cry. See, every day there are needs that parade in front of our eyes, but we don't see them. We don't recognize them. Sometimes people don't need a solution. Sometimes they don't even need advice. Sometimes they just need somebody to help them cry. Amen? We can do that in a small group. First John chapter 4 and verse 20 says this, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Well, that's a good test for us, isn't it? See, we have a choice every time we're confronted with a need. And the way we love and take care of one another should be a living illustration of God's love. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. But notice, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen? Not only does judgment begin in the house of the Lord, but so does love. It says do good to everybody, but especially to those who, who are of the household of faith. Not just the faithful few, but everybody. Getting a bear hug from a guy who's been injured on the job when you come over and cut his grass. Getting a thank you from a couple who goes out of town on the weekend and you watch their kids so they can get some much-needed R&R. Seeing a smile on the face of somebody that you visit in the hospital. Seeing the grateful tears on a woman's face that's been sick and your small group prepares meals for her for a few days. you talking about love. you talking about care. That's how it's done. I mentioned this last week, but this past week, Robin and I stayed in the home of someone who we've just met in Johnson City, Tennessee, while my dad's in the hospital. She's the sister of Sharon Landrum, and she's also a doctor at the hospital that my dad is staying in. You want to know how this relationship came about? It's real simple. Robin and Sharon are in a small group together. They're in a small group together, and when Sharon found out that I was going to have to be going back and forth to Tennessee for possibly several weeks in a row, she said, hey, my sister lives in Johnson City, and it just, the rest happened because of a small group connection and love and the body of Christ, amen? Small groups also, I'm almost done, they help to break down class and social barriers, This is good. Not just getting along with each other, but having fellowship with each other and being with people who may not be like you are. Amen? You want to find out real quick if somebody's a Christian, watch how they act when they get around people that are not like them. In a small group, sometimes you got rich folks sharing with poor folks, you got black folks fellowshipping with white folks, you got hillbillies connecting with city slickers. Amen? You even have cowboys fellowshipping with redskins. It's got to be Jesus, folks. It's got to be Jesus. (laughs) Got to be Jesus. See, small groups will help get rid of pride and prejudice in a church. Here's what Ralph Nabors said. You might want to write this down. It's hard for people to believe that we want them in heaven if we don't even want them in our living room. Amen. So you need to do a spirit check. You need to do a gut check. Because I'm going to just tell you, if you're too good to allow somebody of a different skin color into your home, can the church say amen? Or if your stuff is too nice for someone of a different socioeconomic level for them to come into your home, you say, oh, you're making this stuff up. No, I'm not. I remember, I won't say who they were, I remember a family that was well-to-do and they refused to host small groups. They wanted to be in a group. They said, we're not going to have it in our house. I said, why not? They said, our stuff is too nice to have people from the church coming in, breaking it up. I was was appalled. First, I kind of chuckled because I thought he was joking. You don't want to be like this. Consider this a life A test run. See, race barriers are not the only barriers that are broken down in groups. In a small group, married people get to connect with single people. Teens learn what it's like to spend time with a senior citizen. We all bring our own thinking and our paradigms and our upbringing into everything that we're a part of. And it is good to be with people who are totally different than you are. It's good to be with people who were brought up differently than you were brought up. They enrich you. They change your life. Every week in group meetings, we are breaking down barriers. I want the praise team and the musicians to come on up. Connections. Connections. Gather, connect, and serve. I want everybody to stand with me, if you will. Y'all see if you can hear me drink through this mic. See, Life Church, we're in a day and an hour when we really need each other. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I have never seen the enemy trying to divide the church like he is today. Politics are trying to divide us. Religion is trying to divide us. Races and racism is trying to divide us. Ooh. Misunderstandings are trying to divide us. All kinds of stuff. Social media is good, but it has also become, I think, one of the worst things to ever happen to us. There's so much toxic nonsense on Facebook and Instagram and on the news. You can wake up all feeling real good. Your spirit's all nice and pure. You just came from your 25-minute prayer meeting and you're on your way to work and you stop at the traffic light and you pull out your cell phone and you start scrolling through Facebook. You're like, what? I can't believe this. Man, if there's ever a day we needed to connect, it's today. If there's ever a day that we need to come together, it's today. The enemy wants to destroy us. He wants to divide us. we got to connect to one another. Our spring semester of life groups ends May the 4th. But you can join a group anytime that you want. Even in the middle or even at the end of a semester. Go to the church website. You can go this week, see the list of groups and sign up. Our summer semester begins in June. We've got an abbreviated six-week schedule for summer because we know summer's crazy and it's busy. Six weeks. Come on, you could join a group for six weeks. You could join a group for six weeks. Even if you got to miss half of those while you're on vacation. Join a group. Well, I can't be at all the meetings, so I guess I'm not going to come to any of the meetings. Man, that's a cop-out. Join a group. Connect. Decide that you're not just going to be served, but you want to serve and love others. Another way to connect to the body of Christ is to join a dream team. And I'm going to talk about that next week. But it's really got all the benefits of small groups plus getting to serve others. Don't do life all by yourself. Well, Pastor, I'm in a small group and none of that stuff's happening for me. Open up. Yeah. That's right. Don't just show up, open up. That's right. That's talk, share pray. Have a come to Jesus with your group this week. Man, I've been coming here for five weeks, six weeks. Nobody's even prayed for me. Nobody's... Talk to your group. Tell them what's going on in your life. And then say, what can I do to pray for you? Connect. Connect. We need each other. Don't forget, all the way back in the beginning, God made Adam. And He said, you got me, Adam but it didn't take him very long to realize you got all these great animals, you got creation, you got everything great, you got everything handed to you on a silver platter, and you're still alone. And God said, I've got to create something, I've got to do something that will change this equation. So I want us to understand we need each other. We need each other. I want us to pray, and I'm going to open up this altar. Because this isn't just about signing up for groups but we need to ask God to help us to search our hearts to help us realize God if I've got anything that's keeping me from someone if I've got something in my heart against somebody if I've got something that's causing me to not want to grow on a deeper level God I need you to just search me and cleanse me and know me or God if, I, if, I, if I'm making excuses to not commit more of myself to other people help me to lay aside those excuses and, and step up and, and grow, help me to recognize that if I stay on this island all by myself, I'm not going to make it I'm not going to make it so I'm going to open up this altar and we're going to pray for needs And if you have a need of healing if you have a need in your body if, if you don't know the Lord and you'd like to come forward and repent today, I'm going to open this altar and I'm going to invite you to come but I want us to pray right now as a church family we live in a day where we need each other more than ever before. We cannot allow the enemy to divide us when we need to be connected. Can you say amen? Why don't we pray? I'm going to open this altar right now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for the men and the women that are in this congregation right now. God, bring us together as a body of Christ. Help us, Lord, to not allow anything, to not allow anything. To hinder what you're doing in us. God, help us to understand that there's people that need us. There's people that need me. There's people that need what I have to offer. And help me to also recognize, God, that I'm not so strong that I can stand alone. I pray, God, that we would recognize that I need to love my brother and love my sister, I need to tear down walls walls that are in my heart, walls that I've put up in my life, I can't just isolate myself. Because when I'm isolated, the enemy can pick me off and destroy me. And God, I thank you. I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said in Jesus' name, let's worship with the praise team just for a moment and then we're gonna close our service, amen? Why don't you lift your hands and let's sing this to the Lord.